Don't Call Me Girl Boss is about sharing women small business owners' real, unfiltered, and relatable business journeys in Texas and California. I am your host, Jessica Ray Buck, a small business owner myself. I interview amazing women who share exactly how they got to where they are today. I hope this encourages anyone listening to start a business or get better in the business they are in. Hello, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. I am your host, Jessica. And if this is the first episode you are listening to, thank you so much for being here. And I have been taking you along the journey on finding a property for me to open a salon in Austin, Texas. Currently, I have found a location. It is in downtown Austin. I am waiting to hear back from the landlord, realtor, which is a finalized lease agreement. I've had a contractor come in and give me three different bids just to see the price range for the build out I want to do. The salon space I'm looking at has rooms and they're funky sizes. So I would need to just knock everything out to make it more of an open concept. So I'm making sure that the pricing's right, um, my budget's in order, and just making sure I'm not going to be getting over my head in a salon space. I have two bids already in. I have one coming in on Monday, and hopefully I hear back from the realtor on Monday with news if they're even going to give me the property. I know a lot of places don't want to risk giving a business to a first-time business owner. And yeah, I've had a, I have a salon in California, but it's different with the magnitude of what I'm doing now. So it has been a little bit challenging. So, um, I'm just doing what I can. And if this property does fall through, it's okay. There will be another one, but, um, that's the current stage of that. And I did be, I got an opportunity this past week and it's to do with my Amazon products. I don't want to share too much information yet because it is just such a beginning stage. I am super excited about it. Um, and when more information is ready, I will definitely bring you along that journey because it is something new and something super exciting. And I just can't believe I even have this a kind of opportunity like this. So I will definitely be bringing you along that journey once I get more details next week. So probably next Sunday's episode, I'll have more details I'll be able to share. But that's what's been going on with me. The guest that we have this week is actually my first spray tan artist that I've interviewed. I've been a spray tan artist for, I don't know, like six years or something. And um, yeah, I haven't interviewed one yet. You would think that's be the first person I've interviewed, but I have had some clients in Austin, Texas tell me about Brianna. She owns the Bronze Bungalow in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I've recommended people to her. I don't even remember how I started following her. I think I really liked her Instagram and I was like, wow, this girl's got to be good. And she is. And clients have come back and yet and said, yes, she is great. And so I wanted to interview her and get her story and have her share some business tips that we can all learn from. I learned a lot from listening to Brianna and I hope you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, here is Brianna. So I grew up in Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. Um, so the Inland Empire. Um, and then I went to high school, uh, I went to private school my entire life. So went to high school in, um, Glendora at a place called St. Lucy's. It was an all girls high school. 
So I feel like my entire life has just been surrounded by girls (laughs) because after high school, um, I moved out to LA, moved to downtown LA and then went to FITM, which was basically a bunch of girls. (laughs) Um, and then after FITM, I was working in like PR and events for like five years Um, and I was living in LA that entire time. Um, and it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that I actually moved out to Arizona. Okay. And then when, what do you want to go to FITM for? Um, so I originally wanted to go to FITM because I wanted to be, uh, within like the event industry. Um, so like my dream since I was little, don't ask me why or how this became my dream. Um, but I always wanted to plan fashion shows. That was like, I told my mom when I was little, I was like, I'm going to plan fashion shows. I think it was probably because of like the Victoria's secret fashion show or something. Um, but so that's why I went to fit them. Um, and ultimately right after college, uh, like I said, I started working, um, in PR and events and I was doing events for, um, the Lakers. Okay. And so I worked with the firm for five years and just realized that it was not for me and then went back to the, to the beauty world. So how did you make that distinction that you're like, okay, I'm going to spray tan because I feel like that's not like a normal (laughs) Yeah. So my first job ever was at a tanning salon. Okay. Um, right outside of like, right when I graduated from high school. Um, and then throughout college, I worked at tanning salons. Um, and one of the tanning salons that I worked for, uh, brought on airbrush tanning. So that was like my first like real run with it. They taught me how there. Um, uh, back then I, it was like so basic. I like, I don't, I'm assuming we used like Norvell solution. And I think that was probably all that was out at that time. <laughs> um, and so I learned how back then back in college, um, and then I did it on the side randomly for like friends and family here and there. Um, but it wasn't until, after I left the PR firm that I was like, you know what? That was like the funnest time in my life. Not just because I was in college, but I legitimately loved what I was doing. So I was like, I'm unhappy with where I'm at right now. Let's fix this. And I'm going to go back to doing something that I know I loved. So I applied, um, for spray tanning salons in LA Mm-hmm. got hired. Um, then I think they quickly realized that I knew what I was doing. <laughs> um, so they taught me their ways, which I was so thankful for, because like I said, when I first learned it was about 10 years ago. So just so much has changed in the industry industry. Um, so they taught me their ways and I became their tanning trainer. And so I traveled all through like LA and sometimes orange County. Um, to train the girls how to spray tan. <laughs> That's so you went and you quit your job and then you got went working for someone else because you just wanted to get back in the industry. Exactly. Okay. And so you're working there training. And then when did you, I mean, that's an awkward conversation to have with your boss. Like, Hey, I'm going to just go do my own thing now. 
Yeah. Um, I actually had no idea I was going to do my own thing. So I was in LA, um, and my boyfriend at the time, um, decided he wanted to move back to Phoenix because he was originally from here. Um, and he had been living out in LA with me for about three years. And so I decided that I was going to make the move as well. Um, and so I ended up putting in, you know, putting in my notice, um, and I was going to move to Phoenix without having any idea what I was going to (laughs) do. I didn't know if I should apply at tanning salons. I didn't know if I should apply in the event field, in the PR field. I had no idea. So I actually moved here with no job, no clue what I was going to do. Um, I actually, did a interview at a tanning salon and I did an interview, um, with an event company. Mm-hmm. And then seven days after I moved here, my dad got into a huge car accident and I ended up having to go back home. And so I was home for a good month. And within that month, one, I was so thankful that I didn't have a job yet because I either would have had to quit my job to go back home, or I wouldn't have been able to be home with my family, which I needed to be there. So, um, yeah, I, within that month, I just realized that life is super, super precious. And I, one, was not going to work for somebody. I needed to be my own boss because that's ultimately what was going to make me happy. And two, I realized that there was no way I was going to go back to the event industry because again, that's not what made me happy. I left it once and I left it for a reason. And so within that month, that's kind of when I thought of the bronze bungalow. (laughs) Well, I mean, you made something great out of a terrible situation. Um, It's kind of like COVID right now, how terrible COVID has been and all the blessings it's brought to small business. And, um, having to expand and adapt. And it's crazy when you go through those moments in life and it either makes or breaks you. And in this case, it made you and, you know, led you to where you are today, which is so crazy. (laughs) When you were telling your family this, what were they saying? They were just like, they were, they were super on board with it because they knew that I had moved to Phoenix without a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, and they always knew that I had wanted to open a tanning salon because when I was in college that I wouldn't shut up about it. I was, you know, I was going to fit them and I had this end goal for myself in the event industry, but I loved tanning so much that I was like, oh yeah, on the side, I'm going to have a tanning salon one day. This is going to be great. So I don't think they were too shocked by it. Um, and my parents are like, they're my biggest cheerleaders. I'm a, I'm an only child. Mm. So, um, they really are my biggest cheerleaders and they were, they were on board with it too. They were like, okay, great. All these ideas sound amazing. Like do it. (laughs) Yeah. And then what was your experience working for tanning salons? I know the pay isn't very good. Um, so how do you make enough to do that? Cause that's how I started out too. I worked, started working at a tanning salon as well, but they were paying me nothing. And I'm like, this is stupid. I'll just go do my own. That's basically how mine started. But yeah. so how did you feel about that? 
Yeah. So, I mean, like in college, I definitely was getting paid nothing. Um, but Hey, I was a college student, so it didn't really matter. Um, after I left my PR job, which that it was hard, obviously, because I was getting paid good money. Um, and so, yeah, it was hard to leave that, but ultimately I think I was so dissatisfied and so happy with where my life was at that money didn't matter to me anymore. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter if I was leaving, you know, my nine to five, which it really wasn't a nine to five. It was more of like a seven to seven and in the middle of the night and all hours of the day type job. Yeah. (laughs) But it didn't matter if I was leaving like that salary job to go get paid like minimum wage and commission. It, I was just so unhappy that it needed to be done. Um, And so when I did get the job at the spray tanning salon there in LA, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't making any money really. Mm -hmm. Um, and living in LA, it wasn't easy. I think that whole last like year and a half of me living there, um, I kind of like used my savings and that was actually one of the main reasons why I was like, so on board, um, with moving to Phoenix and Phoenix Scottsdale area, um, was because LA was drowning me. I felt like I was drowning and I was starting to feel a little unhappy again because it was got to the point where like, I was basically working just to be able to pay my rent and I couldn't experience any of the amazing things that LA had to offer. And that was bumming me out. It's hard Uh, because as you're a spray tan artist now, if you were to have employees, I mean, there's just not enough profit to give someone a high salary. There really isn't. So it's like, it's, but you also don't want to hire just a college student who doesn't care about their clientele and are just trying to make enough money to pay for food or whatever, you know? So it's very difficult as you see the ownership side that it's like, okay, well, I know I wish I would have got paid more, but like, I get it. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) It's terrible. It's like, I'm sure you wish, you know, if you had, I don't know if you have employees right now or not, but, um, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. I just hired my first, um, two weeks ago. So she's, thank you. Um, so she's still being trained in everything, but, um, she's out of college. Um, she's actually within the event industry herself. There's which nothing is wrong with cool. college students, by the way. I'm just yes. saying normal stigma is they don't care. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes. Normal stigma is they don't care. Also, like you're in college, like you have to study, like you're there for a reason. So like you really should be focusing and putting all of your effort into that. Yeah. Um, so no, I totally get why, you know, college students the way they are. Yeah. Um but no, she's out of college. Um, she's within the event industry, which obviously got hit really hard um, with the pandemic. Um, but she's kind of doing this just as uh, like a side gig. And she loves it so far, which I'm so happy she does. Yeah. Um, she's How did not you find trained. her? So she's actually my cousin. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with um, that. My sister and my mom have worked for me. Yes. Um, I just felt like if I was going to hire someone, um, 
that it definitely needed to be someone that I trusted, um, with all my heart. And so obviously my cousin fits that. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said, she, it was something that she kind of wanted to do on the side. And so it just ended up working out perfectly. Um, she's not fully trained yet, but she will be soon. That's super exciting and such a huge yeah. moment in your business when you're able to bring on an employee and be at that level where you're like, I have enough clients and enough business to even have an employee. I know it's wild. <laughs> it's the next step though. It's like, you have to put in the work and then that day comes and you're like, I need an employee. Um, but I want to dive into that more, but I do want to circle back to like, what were the beginning days of your business? Like what? So you're like, okay, I'm going to start my salon, like, what did you do? Like, what were say the first five steps you did? Yeah. Um, so I think like the first thing I did was I literally Googled opening a business in Arizona. (laughs) I was like, how do I do this? Because I was trying to get all of this, um, knowledge and info out of my mom and dad, and they've never lived anywhere other than California. So they can help me to a certain extent, but then they're like, I don't know the laws in Arizona, Brianna. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you. So I started researching and I think that's kind of where I found all my answers. Um, I ended up going to the SBA just to have a consultation with them and really figure out like exactly what I needed to do. Like, what type of business license do I need? Like, how do I get a trade name? Like Mm -hmm. all of these things. So I think the SBA was really, really helpful, um, in that sort of terms. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a lot of research and then just getting like the right permits, the right licensing, all of that. Um, and then obviously like doing my own research when it came to like, spray tanning itself. Obviously I knew a ton about the industry. I had been in it for so long, but I had never known the ownership side of it. So I got to start doing all the research of like what products I should use and, you know, what products I should sell. And I started, you know, focusing on like design and coming up with a name and a logo and all of these things. And quite honestly, there was no method to my madness. I had never, (laughs) I had never owned anything before. Um, so I was just doing, it was all very scrambled. I would like, I came up with my name and then I was like, okay, I need a trade name. Okay. And now I'm going to make a logo. And it was a little bit all over the place, but somehow (laughs) it all came together. Yeah. And that's okay. And I just asked that. So when people are listening to this and maybe they want to start a business, they're like, okay, you know, she kind of just like faked it till she made it, which is exactly what I did. And you don't need to be this genius business person or go to a four-year college because even those classes don't tell you exactly what to do. Exactly. (laughs) That's why I asked, but, um, did you trademark your name right away? So I did not trade my mark, my name right away. Um, I actually am just in the process of it. Okay. Um, which I now thinking back to it, I think it probably would have been one of the first things I did. Mm -hmm. Um, it is a, a little bit pricey when you're first starting out, um, to, to trademark. Um, but 
I, yeah, I'm now in the process of doing that. Um, I, to start off, I just had a trade name with the state of Arizona. That was yeah. it. I did. I think it's called a DBA too. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I did a DBA and that's literally what I did too. I didn't trademark my name until like three years ago. Okay. But that's because the middle name Ray was getting really popular. <laughs> and I was like, shit, so I need to, tra- I need to trademark this because it's a good one. And so I did. Um, but yeah, it is a lengthy process. It takes a little bit of time and I just use legal zoom. Like I didn't do anything crazy. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. Are you having issues with, is this anyone else have that name or? Um, no, I haven't had any issues That's thus good. far. Um, I am working, um, with a small business, business attorney that's located here in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't had any issues so far. So fingers good. crossed for me. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's an important step. It just protects your business and just make sure no one's going to steal your name, you know, like that's exactly. all you got at the end of the day. It's like, I know. Uh, I feel like you don't actually own your business until you do that. It's true because an LLC or, you know, however you do your business, like, yeah, that protects certain things, but someone could still take your name. Yeah. Like you can and then have, they, and then they can come after you because all of a sudden, well, that's their name. So yeah. then they come after your profits that you've made for the last five years. Well, someone like, could be like this crazy stuff. Yeah. Someone could be like, okay, you're not trademarked. I'm going to take that name and then I'm going to sue you and take your name, even though you've had it for years. That's yep. it's messed up. So if yep. you're listening to super this, sketchy, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I do think when you're first starting out, if you are unsure, I don't think it's a crucial step, but if you're like about to take it seriously and are realizing, wow, I think I have a good idea here. I think it is like the probably six month mark goal to do. Yes. I couldn't agree more, Because especially in the spray tan industry. I feel like people come and go so fast. It's like so ridiculous. So, oh Yeah. <laughs> It's a hustle. And I think people don't realize that. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just nice to talk to someone who knows what I'm saying, because I feel like you don't realize it until you spray tan, you know, 15 clients in one day, the hustle of spray tanning, (laughs) like doing one or two is great, but it's like a full body workout. Oh yeah. It's like a full body workout. You're also, you have to mentally be in it because you have to be on the entire time. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be in a good mood for your clients. You have to want to have all of these conversations with your clients. And when you have 15, 20 clients in a day, but you also have to order inventory and you also have to do that one graphic and you also have to manage the books and yeah. then you also have to clean after and like your everything. Yeah. It's a, it's a grind for sure. Definitely. Um, so now do you have an LLC and everything for your business or do you still do the DBA? So I still do the DBA. Yeah. Um, LLC again, all of that is in the process. Congratulations. So, I know it's like a thank step you. to definitely work up to. I recommend doing it exactly how you did it. I'm no expert yeah. by any means, but like, that's the way I did it. And it, like I said, if you're not super serious, like why would you be paying the eight, in California? It's $800 a year. That's Insane. a big expense when you're first starting out like that <laughs> could be your whole year in the spray tan world, you know, yeah, on how you do. So I think doing it in baby steps and get, you know, faking it until you make it is really the way to go. Until you have shit on the line, like you have an employee, probably should get an LLC, you know, things like that. Like, yep. 
when you'll you know when it's time <laughs> yes um looking back what is the most important thing you would have told yourself in the beginning days of like owning your business yeah i um i anytime i get asked something like this i always say the same thing and it's it's to give myself a little bit of grace on the hard days because I am so hard on myself and I expect perfection from myself. And I have to realize that I'm only one human (laughs) and I can't do everything in one day. I can't, you know, I, there was that saying like Rome wasn't built in a day and it's just, it's so accurate. Um, as much as I want to make everything happen right now, right now, right now, there's going to be bad days. There's going to be hard days. And I think remembering to give myself grace on those days is so crucial. Remembering to still take time for myself. So crucial because if I don't feel a hundred percent and I'm not giving myself grace, I can't give a hundred percent back to my business. Definitely. And then in the beginning, were you, did you, how did you start out? Did you do mobiles or did you get a salon space right away? Yeah. So I got really, really lucky. Um, I was able to start off in a little tiny room, um, tiny, tiny, like I swear to you, it was closet size, (laughs) um, uh, in the back of a salon that did like nails and facials and massages and stuff like that. So I was just at the back of a salon in basically a closet room and that was the bronze bungalow. And I'm actually very thankful for that because I opened four months pre-pandemic. So if I had a big, huge rent when the pandemic hit, uh, I actually didn't end up getting any sort of like help really, like no small business help because my business was so new. Um, so yeah, if I had a big rent, uh, when the pandemic hit, I, I don't know if I would have made it out. So I'm really thankful that I was where I was at that point. Um, but the pandemic kind of like we talked about earlier, when you're in hard situations, you really realize like that they make or break you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I realized through that while I was sitting at home for two months that if I ever wanted to grow my business, I needed to be in a bigger space and I needed to be in my own space. And so that's when I started looking for locations and that's how I got out of my closet. (laughs) (laughs) And then what did that, how did you find that space? And then how did you feel comfortable paying someone rent at such a beginning stage of your business? And why didn't you go mobile? Yeah. Um, so as far as how I found the space, um, I was working with two different realtors Um, and not that they were blowing me off. They were definitely sending me options, but I wasn't super happy with any of the options that were being sent to me. And they were kind of basically telling me that like, because I was looking for something so small, I ideally wanted like 500 square feet or less. Mm -hmm. Um, because obviously at this point it was just me. So they basically told me that because I wanted something so small that I should really just go rent a salon suite and call it a day. You know why they and said I'm that? Like, it's because there's no money for them. That's why they told me that. <laughs> oh, they make oh, exactly. a commission and there's no money on that. Exactly. <laughs> 
And I'm like, you guys are so annoying. I am not going to go rent a salon suite for $1,200 for a hundred square feet. Like Mm -hmm. there's no way I'm paying somebody that price. Yeah. Um, so I was like, fine, you guys aren't going to help me. I'm going to take this into my own hands. So I just started driving around, um, all of the areas that I was willing and wanting to open up a salon in. So I was driving around different parts of Phoenix. I was driving around Old Town Scottsdale. I started, it's any for lease signs I saw. I started calling, started inquiring, and started looking at places. I must have looked at like 20 spots before this one came. And it was so funny because I was pretty much like at my wits end. I was like, okay, this isn't for me right now. I'm not giving up, but I'm going to press pause. And you know, when the time comes, like something amazing will pop up. This is fine. And so I basically, I was pressing pause on the search and I had this one last place to look at. And I woke up in the morning and I was just like, you know what? I don't even want to go. Like, I don't even want to look at it. It's going to be old. It's going to be dingy. It's not going to be for me. And then I was like, you know what? No, you have to go. You, you're not going to call this man and cancel two hours before you're looking at it. So I went and it ended up being the absolute perfect space. It was not, it was, it's in an older building, just like all of Old Town Scottsdale is. Um, but it was completely redone on the inside. And it was just, it was great. It really was the perfect space for me. Um, And so that's how I found it. Um, Feeling comfortable giving over money to someone during a pandemic. Honestly, again, it was one of those scrappy things where I didn't really feel comfortable, but I needed to jump in full force and just know that I was going to work my butt off to do whatever I could to pay that rent and make my business thrive. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just jumped in the water, hoping for the best (laughs) and it worked. Yeah. Um, and then the reason I didn't go mobile was because mobile hurts my soul. (laughs) It literally is soul crushing. It just like, I mean, I do it. I, it's not that I don't do it. I definitely still do it, um, a little bit because I have clients who just would rather me come to them, but it's just so hard, like lugging all the stuff and then setting it up and then spray tanning them and then cleaning it and then putting it back and then getting in your car. And then it's just, it's, it's an even bigger grind than spray tanning already is. It is literally, I've been doing it out in Austin for a year now and I did it in California for like three years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah, it was, so that, that's the main reason. And then the other reason why I didn't do mobile was because I was very adamant in the fact that I was going to bring all of my clients an experience and I didn't feel the confidence in myself to be able to bring that experience to them in a mobile version. 
I felt like I needed to have a salon where I could be playing the good music I wanted. I could decorate it the way I wanted. Like people could walk in and feel those vibes of that Mm -hmm. experience that I was trying to set for them. Yeah. Did you end up taking a loan out or in the beginning or were you all self-funded? I was all self-funded and I I still am. Um, I shouldn't say self-funded because my dad has been incredibly amazing and anything, any little thing that I'm like, I just don't have the money for. Um, he's, he's definitely been there to help me out a little bit. Um, but no, no loans or anything like that. That's the goal to do when you are starting out is no loans, but you know, loans aren't a terrible thing. If it gets your foot in the door, or if you have friends or family who are willing to help, there's no reason that you shouldn't take the help. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> take the freaking help. You know, I, I have so many things that I want to do. And I'm like, if somebody just had, you know, a random chunk of money, I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then what was your strategy for building clientele in a brand new city? <laughs> Um, this is actually why I don't feel terrible about going to fit and then being in PR and all of that for five years. I, I don't feel terrible that I have all the student loans and all of that because it actually helps me with my business. Yeah. So my strategy was, is because I came from PR, which in PR, you don't pay for anything. Everything is free you get everything for free. So I'm like, I am not paying one cent on advertising. It's just not going to happen. Not when I know what I know. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was like really my strategy was like, I'm going to PR myself. So I, like, I, I just started with the social media, with the influencers, um, just really like networking. That was my biggest thing is I joined networking groups. Um, yeah, that was the kind of the strategy was just get out there, talk to people, faces. Um, that was it. Yeah. That's (laughs) what I did in Austin too. And I love to talk about the influencer space. What was your experience with that? And did you just randomly slide into their DMS? Yeah. So I randomly slide a slid into their DMS. Um, some of them started sliding into mine, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll work with random influencers here and there. Um, I'll do free tans for them. They'll promote me. Um, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a space that everybody should really consider working in. It's not going to be for everybody's business. Um, but I think they should at least consider if it's a good option for them, if it's, you know, the right target market and all of that. Yeah. I've heard some people be really against it. And I just think that's so close-minded to be honest, because I don't know, I feel like people have a stigma in their mind about influencers who are like, they just get everything for free. Like, I don't want to be a part of that, but you're bringing validation to your business so fast when you get an influencer. And that's just the way the world is. If you get someone with 10 K reposting you, that gives you validation that you're a good spray tan artist. I don't care what exactly, (laughs) exactly. And you don't have to be working. Like, I also think when people, um, say the word influencer, they immediately start thinking about these people who have 
500,000 followers, a million followers. You don't have to be working with big influencers like that. I think personally for the business that we're in, micro influencers is really where your bread and butter will be Mm -hmm. because those are the people that are drenched in your community. Those are the people that know everybody in your community. So that's who you really want to be working with. Yeah, I agree. Those are who I, especially when first starting out and you only have a couple hundred followers, you're going to need to work with even 5k. Like that's an influencer oh, that yeah. you should be hitting up. Like that's, that's your range right then. Exactly. And again, 5k that they're an influencer with their friends, their family, their community. You mm-hmm. want all of those eyes on you. So 5k that's huge. Exactly. Especially in the beginning stages. Like I, my biggest thing is just never say no. You never know what's going to happen and you never know what influencer has, you know, a ton of engagement with 300 comments, but has, you know, 5k followers. Like that's huge engagement. That's more than 20k followers get. Exactly. So those are things to definitely be looking at. So spray tanning, the biggest thing is it's a mess. And I've seen you talk about that on your stories before. Like, it's okay. I wear a mask. Do you get the tan lines right here? It's like, so okay. Bad. I say right here, you people can't see what I'm saying, but you get it on the sides of your nose and like underneath your eyes. It's so bad. Like the solution will get in your mask and go through your mask. And then you have, it's not like a tan. It, it, no, 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 no. It's like chunks of brown around your nose. It's, it's dirty. I've asked in a spray tan (laughs) form, like, Hey, like, has this happening to anyone else? And they're like, you stand too close to your clients. And I'm like, no, no, lies. (laughs) I thought so too. I'm like, you know, I'm pretty like, no, I don't think so. Also like I am okay. Yes. It's in general spray tanning is just such a dirty service, but not only do I get spray tan in the sides of my nose, like it really gets all over me. Like Mm -hmm. my whole face, I'll take a baby wipe and like my whole face has a layer of tan on it. (laughs) Like it is a dirty (laughs) service. Yeah. I'm always covered. My hands randomly have spots on it and I wear gloves. It's just the name of the game. Yeah. And so, I don't know how girls look cute doing it. It is not a cute service for me. No, it's not. I'm, I'm like, like a sweaty up, slick back, sweaty. And I'm like, <laughs> people are like, let's take a picture. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, thanks. Pass. Yeah. I was like, I'm literally sweating. Like, sorry, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> um, so how do you keep your salon clean and do you, what extraction system do you use? Um, so I use the mind tan extraction booth. Okay. Um, so it's a big black booth, um, that the person will stand in and then I spray them. Um, the extraction or the extraction fans are all behind them. Mm -hmm. Um, the booth itself is super small, uh, like way smaller than any tent. So it's not my favorite in the world, but Mm -hmm. It gets its job done. Um, as far as keeping my salon clean, um, I was the brilliant girl who decided that she was going to paint all of her walls white. Even the spray <laughs> Obviously, tan room? Oh, yeah. Oh, 
gotta keep up with the aesthetic right yeah (laughs) so obviously I knew what I was getting myself into I had been spray tanning for years um but I was like you know what it's gonna be fine so uh yeah I just clean everything every single day I clean the walls I clean the floorboards I clean the floors I clean everything all day long (laughs) My spray tan room in California is black. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. That is literally the worst part. Um, I was spray tanning and I feel like even if you clean, it slowly soaks into the walls and it slowly just really just eats away at everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and at your space, do you just have like um, the lobby and then one room? Yes. So right now we have the lobby in one room. Um, we do have a lot of space in there though. That's unused. Um, so I think don't quote me on it, but hopefully some point by the end of the year, I'm turning one room into two. Okay. For another, um, will be another spray tan room. Yes which will be ideal for busy days because then the person who I just hired could actually be there at the same time as me, as opposed to just when I'm not there. And then what hours are you working right now? Um, so we are open Monday through Saturday, um, Monday through Friday. I am open from 9am to 8pm. And then Saturdays I'm open 9am to 3pm. Um, so, have you thought of shortening your hours so you have a more back to back or what's your thoughts on that? Yes. So I've, I've definitely thought about it. Um, my problem is, is that I've always then gone, like gone to look at the schedule and be like, okay, so is it, you know, is it the morning time or is it the evening time? That's like my breadwinner here. Mm-hmm. And it is always so different. It fluctuates so much that. I can't like, I just, I don't think I would be able to do it. I'm really lucky that I live about seven minutes away from my studio. Have it timed. (laughs) (laughs) So I am, I am by appointment only. Um, And so there are days that I will drive to and from the studio like four times, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mondays and Tuesdays where, where it's just like so sporadic. Um, but I would actually prefer that than to block myself off, say in the morning or block myself at off at night. And then to even have one or two clients that can't get in for that reason. I'm still so new and I'm still just in that process of wanting to continue to build that. Like, I don't want to say no to those clients. Like I don't want them to go somewhere else and then them never come back. So I'm okay with, you know, driving the seven minutes, four times a day. Yeah. (laughs) If I have nothing wrong with that. I remember (laughs) when I first started, I was 24 seven. I thought, wow. I thought, okay, what is some, what, how can I be completely different? I was like, I'll do 24 seven spray tanning. And so that's what I did. And (laughs) (laughs) you are amazing. I literally so amazing for that. I literally did a spray tan at one in the morning. I've done him at five in the morning, like crazy oh shit. God. And um, it, what I've realized is you condition your clients to be how they are. So if 100%. you conditioned them to be 24 seven, they will. And they'll treat you like that. 
if you treat them like, Hey, I'm busy and I have this hours, they will respect that time. And it's this weird thing that, and then you get exclusivity too. So it's like, Oh, she's only open this hours, you know? Yes. But yeah. So I learned that lesson the hard way going from 24 seven to hours and then becoming a mom and only spray tanning at night. So it's gone heavily down (laughs) by the hours that I've worked. And, um, I do have to disagree with you a little bit on your clients aren't going to go to someone else. I promise you they will. I'm not saying change your schedule. Just like from what I've learned is they will still come to you and they will make it freaking work. These girls care about their tan so much. I swear. And they come because of you, you know, like that's like probably you're like so 70, right in that aspect. 70% of the reason they come to you is because of you. And 30% is because you have a good spray tan. And they might go get a shade and then they'll come back to you the next time. For sure. And I do agree with you on that. There are probably about 10 spray tanning studios that I could literally throw a rock at from my spray tanning studio. So there's not, there, there's not a, uh, you know, uh, we're not hurting for them. Basically is what I'm trying to say. Scott's not hurting for them here in Scottsdale. I, yeah. And when I'm, I, I'm so serious. There is, there is 10 within one mile of me. Wow. So and they're all in salons. They're all either there. Some of them are brick and mortar and some of them are in salon suites. Some of them are in bigger salon there. There's a wide range. Um, but there really are about 10 within a m- one mile radius. Wow. I didn't realize um, how competitive it was for you right there. Oh yeah. It's, it's insane. So you're right. Um, they, they will go somewhere else, but you're right that they will come back because all of those people are not me. And I think that's really when it comes to competition, I honestly think that thinks that like, that's what sets me apart is my experience that I give to them and and me. Yeah. A hundred percent. What? So you have so many spray tanners with you. How has that community been to a newcomer and how do you feel in the beauty community? Yeah. Um, I, I've pretty much had a really, really positive experience. I think there's only one salon that like, it's kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Always one. We won't talk about it. Um, but everybody else honestly has been amazing. Like I, I actually live across the street from a spray tanning studio and there have been so many times that I've ran across the street and I've received a spray tan from her and mm-hmm. I'll spray tan, uh, I'll spray tan her as well. Um, there's a, a girl up in Peoria, which is quite a ways from me. It's about 40 minutes, but I'll go up there sometimes. And she comes down to old town Scottsdale. We'll spray each other. Um, there's a girl who isn't a spray tan artist anymore, but when I moved here, she was working at a salon and she actually became like one of my best friends. Oh. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a community and, uh, yeah, everyone I've met has been great. I think except for one. Okay. Well, that's a really yeah. good, cause I don't always hear yeah. that. So I'm really happy that that's happening because different places. I've heard really bad things, you know, so it could go yeah. really either way, really fast. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've 
I've even seen one in like the same networking group that I'm in. And yeah, it, it's always been, it's always been really good, really positive. We send each other clients, like we'll post about each other sometimes. <laughs> like, wow. That's the weird thing about Scottsdale or, or the Phoenix, you know, the, the greater Phoenix area in general um, is everybody really is like so for you. Like they don't want to be against you. They want to be with you. They want to help you succeed. And even though we're doing, you know, the same thing, um, it, we like really are together with it. So yeah, I, it's unlike anything I've seen anywhere else. I know it's not like that in LA. That's for sure. No, or Orange (laughs) County. It's not like that. Yeah. I'll tell you that from firsthand. Yeah. It is not like that, but that's a California thing. California people are assholes. Like even moving to (laughs) Texas, like it's okay to say like, I was an asshole, you know, after moving here and like seeing people just are like, okay, I went to my friend's house yesterday. She literally was like, you have a two-year-old here's dinner prepared. All you have to do is put it in the oven. This is like a friend that I just like have known for like six months, you know, like in California, my own damn sister wouldn't have done that for me, you know, like it's just, <laughs> it's just different. It's, and there's nothing wrong with it. It just, I didn't think I was an asshole till I moved here, you know? And it's just like little things like my own family didn't do. It's, it's crazy how you'll move out of, you know, your comfort zone or your home or whatever. And it's crazy just to see how different these places are and the different community and the different people. It's, it's crazy, but it's cool. I I like both places, love both places. No, I still love California. Don't get me wrong. It just, (laughs) the people, I just, it's just so different and it's just, it's hospitality here. Like you don't come without bringing flowers over to someone's house. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm learning. I'm like, okay, I need to like step my game up and get my friends cards and do these things because I guess this is like the other, you know, how the world (laughs) works outside of California or Orange County in general. (laughs) Um, I did want to talk about your Instagram aesthetic. I love your Instagram. I I don't even know how I started following you or how that happened, but, um, yeah, I loved your Instagram aesthetic. So that's probably why I followed you. I saw it and then followed you because of that. How did you come up with your aesthetic and do you do all of your own social media? Uh, yes. So I do all my social media. Um, as far as how I came up with my aesthetic, I always just knew, which was really funny because this is so not my vibe, like style wise, like style wise, I would say I'm, if I'm like going out, I'm kind of like this, like rocker chick. Like, <laughs> I like leather jackets and I like combat boots and I like wearing black. <laughs> like, yeah. That is so the opposite of my brand. <laughs> um, but I just knew that when, when I came up with the bronze bungalow, like that's what I saw. That's what I envisioned in my head was like this boho, like desert meets California sort of vibe. Um, and so when I was trying to find like an aesthetic for like the way my Instagram would look, um, I use Adobe Lightroom to edit all my photos and all of that. Um, so I, I just played around for hours and hours and days and days until I found like 
certain edits that I created that I really liked um, and that looked good on photos. So now I have like a few edits that I'll use on like all the photos just to kind of keep things um, like within that sort of aesthetic. Um, But yeah, that's as far as like coming up with it, it was just like the vision that I had in my head for my brand. Yeah. And then what apps do you use? And do you use any other software like planning, like Planoly or anything like that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Adobe Lightroom would be like the number one most used for sure. Um, followed by Canva. I'm obsessed with Canva. Me too. I, I the best. yeah, I like it, when I went to fit them, I obviously took Photoshop and InDesign and all of these crazy like computer software type designing things. And so I know how to use those. It's just, I'm not great at them and I'm not going to pretend to be. So I think Canva is such a great app because it makes me feel like I'm such a great graphic designer when really I have no skills. Me neither. (laughs) None. I go off the templates and then I just delete shit. Right. (laughs) So yeah, so Canva's great. Um, and then I do use a planning app. Um, I've used Planly, I've used Plan, and then right now I'm using Preview. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're all pretty similar to be honest with you. Um, I think preview has been my favorite one so far. I think it's just like super Mm user-friendly. Um, but yeah, I, I would say as far as like apps for like social media and for Instagram, I think those would be like the three, uh, most used. Yeah. Awesome. That's basically what I use too. I can't was like the number one for sure for me. I don't use, I use Tezza, the Tezza app to do my. Okay. Awesome. That's a, that's a great app too. I, I have it. Um, I was trying to use it for a while, but I don't know. I, I always go back to Adobe. Yeah. Everyone has their thing. She just did an update too. So I think it's a little bit more user-friendly. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, and then. So you have a pretty, we're like pretty neck and neck with followers. Um, how did you build your social media presence? Um, as far as building it, I, I mean, I know aesthetic is not everything. I do think it helps because I think within the first like two seconds of somebody looking at your profile, like they're going to, they know if they're going to press follow or not. So I do think aesthetic helps a lot. So keeping up with that aesthetic has helped. Um, I think really being active and being consistent, um, with my social media has helped. So I, I know that a lot of people don't post every day. I make myself post every single day. Mm-hmm. I make make myself post not only on stories every day, but on like my actual profile. Um, so I'm in front of people's faces all day long. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I think that's helped a lot. Um, and then engaging, like being consistent with engaging with other people. So I'm constantly like, 
going on people's profiles, liking their stuff, commenting their stuff, um, reposting other small businesses, following other small businesses, um, following all my clients, engaging with them. Um, I think all of that kind of has gone into how I've been able to grow and grow quickly. And so you follow all of your clients back? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some that like will slip through the cracks. Um, but I try and follow everyone because I want to see when they post. I want to be able to like, like their stuff. I want to be able to engage their stuff. Um, I'm like really big again with like the whole experience of things. Um, and I want to make sure that I'm building relationships with people. Um, so if it's just me, even like liking the stuff or like commenting on things, um, and supporting maybe their small businesses or whatever have you, um, they repost me and then there we go. I start getting more followers. Yeah. So that makes sense. I feel like that's my method to my madness. (laughs) (laughs) And you talk about the experience. What would you describe is the experience? I know you mentioned like music and, you know, having a cute vibe when you walk in and stuff like that, but is there anything specific you're doing as well? Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, I think all of that is, is the biggest part. So like when you walk in my, the front room is very like light, bright and airy. Mm -hmm. Um, I will always have like country music going country music is just like, it's my favorite. So I love the vibes that it brings. Um, but light, bright and airy, and then you'll go back to the spray room where it's a little more moody. Um, but I think just also just my temperament and making sure that again, we kind of talked about it earlier that I'm always on like whatever is going on in my personal life, I leave it at that front door. Um, and I think just making sure that no matter who it is walking through the door, what type of client they are, um, I think just making sure that they feel, uh, comfortable, they feel respected, they feel welcome. And I make sure that they know that I'm really, really thankful for their business, because if it wasn't for them, my business would not be where it is today. Really? Like I wouldn't be growing because of, because if it wasn't for them. So I think just provide like overall, just like the little, the little things I do, the little decor that I have and, and all of that, um, mixed with just the overall personality. I think that's really what like brings an experience. No, I completely agree. And it sounds great. And when I go to Scottsdale, I hope to get a spray tan by you. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Yes, I for sure will. Um, What are some of the biggest struggles you go through with your business? Oh boy. (laughs) Um, I feel, I mean, there's a lot, obviously day to day. Um, I guess one is, I think they're both the, the, the two things that come to mind are both kind of funny in a way. Um, when I was younger, like in high school, uh, my parents always used to tell me that I had a spending problem, a shopping problem, which I, I totally this was gonna did. get really deep for a second. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I told you it's kind of funny. Okay. Um, they always told me that, that I had a shopping problem. Um, so whatever I figured out my shopping problem, learned how to like be a responsible human. Um, well now that I have a business, I just like pour everything into the business. And I think that's one of my struggles is that like, 
I'm constantly wanting the latest and the greatest and make, I want everything to be perfect. And so I'm always like researching, um, like new products and then buying the new products and like finding new things, like just design wise. And so, yeah. So I think my shopping problem has now become a shopping problem for the salon and that's an issue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I guess like my other struggle would be, um, that I can't clone myself Yeah, (laughs) because like I said, there's only one of me and there's not enough time in the day to get everything done. So I think that's a struggle is I don't have another one of me. Yeah, I agree with that. And you've mentioned retail. What products are you retailing at your salon right now? Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm actually doing like a full like rehaul. Um, so I have a lot of, my thing was I only wanted to retail products that were local California or local Arizona, because I wanted to support other local artisans and other local businesses within mine. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot, a lot of local stuff, like from scrubs to body washes to, you know, lotions and all of that. Um, but I'm doing like a full rehaul. So, uh, X tan just came in today. So I'll be selling X tan, mm-hmm. um, which is a great tan remover. Um, I actually just ordered, um, a self tanner from Nuda. Okay. I'm obsessed with Nuda and their branding and their products. There's, I think they do I really think they're, good job with branding. They're fabulous. Um, and if you don't, if you've never heard of them, they're out of, um, Canada. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I, I got a self tanner from them. Um, I'm trying to think what else I'm bringing on. I'm bringing on like five or six new products. So I guess if anyone's actually interested, you can follow me on Instagram (laughs) and within the next two weeks, you're going to find out. (laughs) Have you thought about doing like your own product line or anything like that? I have. Um, I think it's something that hopefully in the future, um, I'll be able to do. Um, it's yeah, right now it's not in the cards, but in the future, you'd be surprised how easy it can be. Definitely. Don't let it steer you away. I know it's like, it could be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. And there's a lot of places that do low minimums that you don't think would. Uh, That's I, yeah. I, I should start looking into it. I think I'm like so overwhelmed with so many other things that I think I've probably put that little bit on the back burner, but I definitely need to start researching more. I only say that because one of my biggest business regrets is not starting my own self-tan mousse sooner. That's like one of okay. my biggest regrets because okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to really start looking you, into it because you can make it really cute. And then you're in your client's house. Like exactly your name is in their bathroom. Yeah. You're, they're not going to be going to anyone else. I promise. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the way I look at it. Um, so you have employees. What was the reason you needed one? Did you want days off or what was that? Yeah. Um, so the main reason was, um, is I'm actually starting pop-ups in California where I grew up. 
Um, and the pop-ups uh, will be on the weekends. So like Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Um, but I can't close my shop on a Thursday or a yeah. Friday or even a Saturday. So that was the biggest thing is I've done a couple of them and I've closed those days. But again, those are, those are high money-making days. Yeah, especially and Thursday. I just, I can't, I can't close anymore. So that was the main reason why I needed to bring somebody on is because when I do go and do those pop-ups in California, I need someone there. And then how are the pop-ups going? Are they just like local businesses that you know in your area? Yeah. So just working with other local people, um, who have the space, um, I've done a mobile pop-up, which was again, fine, but a little <laughs> bit of a grind. Um, but yeah, just working with other local businesses and people that I know, um, to pop up in their spaces. Um, and we're really, we've only done, I've only done two. So really just starting it with friends, family, friends of friends, um, and seeing kind of where it takes me. Ultimately I'd, uh, I'd hopefully like to have my own, you know, space there maybe yeah. by the end of the year, but, um, the pop-ups are kind of a way for me to see what the market kind of looks like first. Are you getting a lot of bookings for those? Um, yeah, not, not a huge amount. Um, but it's definitely worth my while. Okay. So I don't mind making the trip, being able to see friends and family and then doing the pop-up. Um, it was worth my while. I think the last one I did 12 tans in a day. So again, not super, super busy, but it's also better than just two. Yeah. And it's money yeah. you didn't, wouldn't have had, well, I guess maybe if you kept your salon open, but your goal, I we've talked privately is to have that location in California. Well, you just mentioned it too, in California and in Arizona, correct? Yes. I think that's uh that's definitely a dream of mine that I hope to make a reality sooner than later. Would you go hop back and forth or have you thought about what that dynamic would look like? Yeah. Um, I think I would want to be hopping back and forth. I, uh, I love Scottsdale so much. Um, and I love the business that I've been able to build here and I love the community. I love the friends that I have here. So I don't think I could ever leave, um, 100%, but there's also like a piece of my heart in California too. So I think ideally I would live in both places and work in both places. And yeah, that's exciting and definitely doable. It just, um, you're going to have to travel a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I haven't figured out exactly how it all looks, but that would be the, the dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can even have, you know, your location function without you. Exactly. And that's, you know, little bit piece by piece. That's kind of how I want it to be is I want California to be able to function without me. I want Scottsdale to be functioning without me. So I could actually go on a vacation someday. <laughs> I remember being in the stages, like exactly you are. And it's so weird. Cause it's like, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Like, I'm not saying I'm like some experienced spray tanner or anything like that. Like, I'm still building my business too. Like, don't even, it's not even like that, but just like the the same conversations and stuff. It's just so weird because I remember having these exact thoughts and like, I still do. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's just your ambition and you're excited, you know? And I think yes. now that I have a kid, I'm like, <laughs> things are just so different now. 
I'm like, well, is she going to have a family? What is she going to do? <laughs> and see, like, I, I mean, I hope one day I do, but, um, yeah, I'm not married. Don't have kids. Um, none of that's really on the radar. So. Yeah. Then this is like I'm the just, perfect time. Like I wish I would yeah. have done more in that time frame. I didn't plan my son. So it was kind of a surprise, but, um, it's exciting to be able to do all those things, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, and like you said, it's kind of like the perfect time. So it is the we'll perfect see. time where, so you, you would open one in Rancho Cucamonga. Um, yeah. So I think my ideal place, um, would be Claremont. Okay. Um, just because it's close to Rancho. So all, you know, friends, family, and all of that, where I grew up, um, they'll still drive there because it's, you know, 10 minutes away. Um, but to me, Claremont is, I don't know, a little more on the up and up. Like there's something, (laughs) there's something different about Claremont. Like there's really cool shops, like there's cool restaurants, there's cool bars. Like there's just a little bit more of like a lively scene in Claremont. Um, and there's like this whole part of Claremont called the Claremont village. And it's, it's almost old town Scottsdale and like all of the buildings are a little bit older and I don't just the whole vibe of, of that city, um, I think would be a great location for it. Yeah. It sounds perfect. And right up your alley and you really can do anything you set your mind to you. Like I actually had a business partner before I left California and I thought I was leaving that in someone else's hands and then they bailed out on me. And so that's why I run it remotely. Like that wasn't the plan because I was scared to leave my business. And I was like, oh, it can't run without me. You know, I need to put someone else in there. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And having to be forced to run it remotely has shown me like, okay, you know, people still know it's me just because I'm not there, but it's just having a really good employee at that location. And that's what I do. Exactly. Thank God for her. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome that you were able to, uh, to still do all of that. And like, I, I think that's such a dream. Like I said, like having Scottsdale in California is my dream and like, you're kind of doing it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's really a lot easier than you think it is. I promise you that it's like, it's honestly just doing it. That's literally the only difference. If you yeah. can do it tomorrow, if you really <laughs> wanted to, like you really could. You're so right. <laughs> and honestly, when I say by the end of the year, I feel like it's going to be happening within the next few months because yeah. I'm so like that. I'm just like, okay, well, tomorrow's the day. Like this is just, it's, it's going to start. <laughs> well, that's the best way I was listening to a podcast and she was just like, just go for it and adjust later, like figure it out. But yeah. you know, that's the difference between the people who own businesses and don't, cause they're the ones at home still dreaming about it. Or they're too scared to even make a move. It's just like, just do it. And if it fails, you'll figure it out. Rent out the space to someone who does lashes, you know, like you'll at least cover your rent. <laughs> Come on. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like that's literally the worst that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remind myself. I'm like, okay, well, I could just rent this out to a lash artist if I really suck that bad. And maybe I'll make a couple hundred bucks on top of it. You know what I mean? Like if you tell You're yourself so right. the worst case scenario it's probably not as bad as you think. You're so right. And you have your family right there too. Like I'm sure they would do whatever. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll be waiting for that post next week. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm actually going to California tomorrow. So <laughs> there you go. Um, well, that's so exciting and totally achievable, totally doable. Um, people who are doing it are not rocket scientists. They just did it. That's yeah. the only difference. Um, so you said you got no help during the pandemic. I just wanted to talk about this a little bit. You didn't get any PPP loans. You didn't qualify for it. I didn't qualify for it. Um, and I tried to figure out why I didn't qualify. And basically when I finally got through after hours and hours, he said, well, it could have been this, it could have been this, it could have been this. He basically just gave me like a list that for every single person calling for the exact same thing, they probably just bulleted out a bunch of reasons Who denied that you? it could have been. Um, so I had applied for, it was like the SBA loan. Yeah, I know, the but one you that had to I go had. through a bank. So like what bank did you, was it the bank that denied you? Um, no, it was actually the SBA that de- denied me. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you go, go for the EIDL loan? Is that why? Yes. So it was the EIDL, the PPP, I wasn't going to qualify for at all because I didn't have an employees and I didn't have a rent at that time. I was doing a commission split with the um, owner of the salon. Okay. You can apply right now for the second round. You don't have to have, okay. You've done that. Yes. I've done that. Yeah. Okay. I was like, okay, you better get it. Cause I think like March 25th is like the cutoff. So I was like, going to tell you. So hopefully, hopefully something comes through with that, but I have done that for the second round. Okay. Um, but yeah, for the first one, I just, I was never going to, um, never going to get approved for the PPP. So it was the EIDL that I had applied for. Um, and the SBA declined me and okay. yeah, he just gave me basically like a blanket statement of why I got declined. Um, and I, think I figured it out was because one of the statements that he had said was that you had to be in business as of February, some date in February or January of 2019, which I wasn't. I started Mm -hmm. in October of 2019. So I'm pretty sure that that was the reason, Um, but all good. Made it through. And then (laughs) ate a little more ramen that I would like than I it's fine <laughs> for your second round who did you go through did you are you waiting to hear back from a bank uh u.s bank okay i remember when i got mine i'm like a huge advocate for the ppp loan that's probably that's why i'm like so interested in this because i feel like there's so much misinformation and it literally makes me angry because it's free money i got my first one 100 forgiven so it's like i know it can be done and that's amazing um, the first round you should have qualified. Like that's not like you didn't have to have employees and you didn't have to have rent. You could have been a 1099 contractor and got the PPP. No, no, don't. It's so much misinformation. Exactly. So that's when I started my podcast was right when the PPP came out because I wanted to inform people of things like this. And then I would just realize there was a big gap and just being able to talk to small business owners versus, you know, people who are already millionaires that I'm hearing on podcasts. I wanted something relatable, but, um, yes, I would hound us bank. So how I got my second one to go through is I just bugged the crap out of them. I love it. I love <laughs> Literally it. would just call them. Have they said you're approved or is it just like you submitted it? I just submitted it. Yep. So no approval, approval or anything yet. But now that I know this, I would I'm call just going to hound them. <laughs> yeah, I would hound them. That's literally how I got mine through. And okay. they actually went through, it's called SBA complete is how I got mine. So I bugged SBA to pull mine through. I told them my business has been really hurt. I need the money ASAP. So just use that verbiage. 
and they should be able to, because you know, you're not any different than me. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for that advice. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Well, it's like, we've been hurt so freaking hard with the, with COVID. Like I moved out to Austin a few months before the pandemic, like literally like four months beforehand. And I had no income, none. I was serving at the time. Cause I was like, Oh, I'll come to Austin and serve a little bit. It'll be so fun. You know? And I'll build my spray tan business, literally got furloughed from my serving job. My business in California is closed and Austin, I can't spray tan either. And unemployment's a nightmare. <laughs> Ugh. Good times. Good times. The last year, just good times. Yeah, but you know what? It <laughs> weeded as shitty as this is. It weeded out people maybe who weren't meant to be business owners. And the people do that are because it caused you to have to adapt and make crazy pivotal decisions in your business, like very, very fast that you never thought you'd have to make. You're so right. You're so right. But I'm just, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever get over that year and how it impacted small business. It's honestly devastating and it's still happening. Like there's still businesses that are going to close. Yeah. And like, even looking at California, I mean, California is just barely getting back to. I know. I saw like, oh, we're in red tier now. I'm like, are they still closed? (laughs) That's, I know. I saw that LA County was going to, I think by Monday, it said um, that indoor dining would be allowed in LA County. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm living in such a different world right now in Arizona. Texas, we don't even have to wear masks, like literally. So that's why I'm like, how is this happening? Everything was opened in Arizona at 100% capacity last week. Same with Texas. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just like, it really is a different world depending on where you live. Yeah. Well, hopefully California can get up to speed pretty soon and people get vaccinated or whatever they got to do. Um. But I'm so glad you made it through and you sound like you're thriving and that's even harder to do after a pandemic. So you should give yourself a really big pat on the back because not only did you, you grow, but you still have the business. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Of course. And then, so where do you see your business a few years from now? Um, in a few years from now, I, uh, I hope to have both salons, hope to have Arizona, hope to have California. Um, I don't know. I've always seen, I've always seen the bronze bungalow staying something that's very local, um, in places that really mean something to me. Um, So I don't know as far as what expansion exactly looks like. I have so many things in my head, but I I don't really know past past those two things. I think that's really what my, what my sights are set on for the next year or two. And for your location in California, would you be looking for like, kind of like the same size that you have in Arizona? Yeah, I think so. Um, I would do something smaller, but I think what I have in Arizona is just, it's so perfect for, Mm -hmm. for right now. Um, I, I'd love to eventually be able to grow and have a bigger salon. Definitely. Um, but I think for right now it's kind of perfect. So I think that's the way I'd like to spin California too. Yeah. It sounds perfect to me. Um, where can everyone follow you on social media? 
Yeah. So if you uh, want to follow the bronze bungalow, um, everyone can go to at the bronze bungalow. Um, and then if you want to follow my personal, you could also do that. Um, it's at Brie Low underscore. So that's spelled B-R-E-E-L-O underscore. Well, thank you so much for spending. It's Friday night. I know this will come out on Sunday, but um, spending your Friday night with me and going over all these amazing things and just sharing your knowledge. And I really hope other people can learn from this and be inspired and you know, open a business that maybe they've been thinking about, or it, they take some social media skills from you or whatever it may be. I know I've learned something just from talking to you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. I like, I was seriously geeking out. I was like, I got asked to be on a podcast. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. Aww. I don't know how or why she wants me, but I'm blessed. Yeah. And I'm so glad that a bunch of people we'll get to listen to this cool conversation because I've had so much fun. <laughs> Me too. And I can't wait to keep following your journey. And if you ever need advice on how to run two locations, I'm no expert. I can just tell you what I've done <laughs> and what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll definitely need some advice soon. <laughs> All right. Well, perfect. Well, you have a great night and um, talk soon. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Again, thank you for listening to Don't Call Me Girl Boss. The best way to support this podcast is by liking and subscribing and leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Instagram at Don't Call Me Girl Boss. There is a new episode every Sunday, usually in the afternoon or at night. Thank you again for listening.